0: Heavenly Father, we pray that You would send Your Holy Spirit, so that we might hear Your Word, understand it, obey it, and be transformed through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everybody. It feels like a homecoming. I thought it was. (laughs) Something like that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Matt Walter. I am the son of the Reverend, doctor, wait a second, Reverend Dr. <laughs> Paul Walter. And uh, Paul and Sue were part of this parish before Ben came. And uh, they mm-hmm. love you guys. I, a lot of you know that. I think. Yes. 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 And they, by the way, they send their warmest greetings. And they're so excited to hear about all the exciting things that God is doing in this parish up to the present day is he doing miracles? Wonderful. So and I'm delighted to be here. I direct a an organization called the Tampa Muslim Outreach. My wife and our seven children and I live there. We've got Ben beat by one. You win. <laughs> we also give up. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, anyhow, so. Uh, We live in Tampa. God called us there to reach out to the Muslims of the Tampa Bay area uh, with the gospel. Uh, The goal of of this ministry is to evangelize the 45,000 or so Muslims of the Tampa Bay area with the good news of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a... Great tasks to do. (laughs) And praise God, this is a praying church. You guys pray for us. Many of you support us financially. We are so grateful. We feel, because you've known us for a long time, you've been with us in our travels, uh, we feel just like this church has been part of our family, our ministry family. And it continues. Praise God. Thank you so much. Well, today I want to talk about this Acts 2 passage because, friends, I think there's some encouragement in here. Especially when it comes to something like preaching out to Muslims. Uh, because in this passage, God assures us that we have everything we need in order to get the job done. Everything we need to get the job done. What's the job I'm referring to? At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus Christ gathered his followers and he told them this Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I will be with you always, to the end of the age. Interesting thing is, the author of the Gospel of Matthew, Saint Matthew, didn't choose the ascension or a miracle or anything else to end his gospel with. He ended it with those words, as if to say, "This is the job of the church until I come back again. Get it done." I don't know about you, but to me, it sounds daunting. Go make disciples of all the nations? Does he know how hard that is? (laughs) Right? And look at us. You know, they probably thought like we do. We're gathered in this room. If God said go out there and make disciples of all the nations, we'd feel kind of intimidated. But guess what? Acts 2 has great news for us. We have everything we need for the job, because guess what? It doesn't just depend on us. We have one with us who is greater than he is in the world. And he gives us three amazing things. God provides the strategy, he provides the message, and he provides the power. He provides the strategy, the message, and the power. And I want to go over that now. Um, But first, let me give you a little bit of my background. It includes 15 years in the Middle East, five when I was a kid, we all lived in the country of Iran, under the Shah. Good old days. (laughs) And actually, my family came to Christ in Iran through the ministry of some missionaries. So God took the Christian family all the way to a Muslim country to get them saved. Later on, uh, I uh, attended Yale University, took a year off between my freshman and sophomore year, went to Jordan for a year and studied Arabic at a missionary language school. After uh, college, I joined the Marine Corps. I was an intelligence officer and was in Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And then met my wife while I was in uh, the Marine Corps, and we went back to the Middle East uh, as missionaries. We went to seminary, went to the Middle East as missionaries from 1999 to 2007, eight years in Jordan. And I ran a language school that trained missionaries in the Arabic language. Sorry for all the details, but I thought you should know. So I'm not just you know, picking off the top of my head. Some <laughs> of this stuff comes from some experience. But uh, anyway, so we came back to the United States, and then we were in Paris ministry for a while, and God really struck us with a call to go to Tampa. We were in Florida to go to Tampa, because the population was just booming there of Muslims, and the churches didn't know what to do. So God has told us to help churches to know how to reach Muslims with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been there three years now, since 2013, and God is on the move. We've had 12 Muslims accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Isn't that great? Yes. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but in Muslim work, that's a lot. That was great. So I'm excited. I think there will be hundreds, if not thousands, more. And I think that the work of God, His hand, will spread all over the globe. But let me tell you why I'm so confident. I'm confident because of the God we serve. Friends, we serve an amazing God, and he shows how amazing in Acts chapter 2. First, he gives us the strategy. He gives us the strategy. We don't have to think it all up ourselves. You notice in this scene, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, all the believers were together in one place. But guess who else was in town? It says in verse... Eight, excuse me, five. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were delivered. Because it was one of the three main Jewish uh, festivals, it was the Jew- festival of Pentecost. I won't go into all the details, just trust me on this. It was one of three Jewish festivals when all Jewish men had to appear in Jerusalem. And because of that, they had come from all over the world. God had gathered them. You know, Jesus had said, go make disciples of all the nations. And here it says that they were from all the nations under heaven already gathered in Jerusalem. God had already taken care of bringing them to, to the disciples. He had taken care of it. Guess what? He's doing the same thing in the United States right now. We've been sending missionaries to Muslim countries for hundreds of years. And it's been a huge challenge. The, the cultures have been resistant. The language is difficult. It's then illegal to preach the gospel. And God, in his wisdom, is changing the game. They're now coming to us. Muslims are moving to the West in record numbers. And whether or not you agree with immigration, I think immigration is broken. Should I get into politics right now? (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll avoid that. Anyway, it's broken. But listen, God is able to use what Satan means for evil to good. And he's bringing them here where they can hear the gospel in relative freedom and and be loved on and, and consider it in a new situation and come to Christ. That's why we're seeing more fruit here than we ever did in Jordan. And they're coming right to our neighborhoods. You see, God's strategy is at work. My favorite verse in the book of Acts is in chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. It says this God made from every man, from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods, meaning how long they should live, and the boundaries of their dwelling place, meaning where they should live, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. In other words, God has chosen where every person on the face of the earth lives. And it's because he knows that in that particular place, they are most likely to possibly begin to ask, who made this world? And what's my connection to him? And how can I find him? And possibly even find him. Next time you go to Walmart, 11 o'clock at night, (laughs) and see a woman wearing a jab. Remember this. Who brought that woman here? God did. Uh, and why did they bring him here? Maybe it was so that they could be at Walmart at the same time as one of his servants was at Walmart. Maybe at the checkout line at the same time that you, his servant, was at that checkout line. So that you could smile and say, hello, and you have beautiful children. And what are you doing at Walmart at 11 o'clock at night? (laughs) And where were you born? I just I love learning about different places and begin a relationship with them and preach to them the greatness of Jesus Christ. God has provided the strategy. They're moving to our neighborhoods. They're moving into our schools. They're moving into our universities. May we have the eyes to see what God is doing. Secondly, He provides the message. And this is great. You don't have to make up what you say to these folks. Isn't that wonderful? St. Peter um, gets up and preaches, and he kind of summarizes that. It. It's in the passage immediately after our reading today, starting at verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God, with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus... Delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by him. That's our message. Jesus died and rose again, and he's coming back. And the person who puts their faith in Jesus can have all their sins wiped away, and they're given eternal life as a gift. Isn't that great? You know, Muslims don't know about that. Muslims are taught something very different from day one. They memorize first thing in the Quran they memorize is Surah Al-Ikhlas. That's a chapter in the Quran and it says this, Isn't that awful? What that means is, say, God is one. He is elemental. He does not beget, nor is he begotten, nor is there anyone like him. Why do you think they use those words, beget and begotten? Who is Jesus? He's the only Began- begotten, 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 begotten Son of God. They're denying the gospel that God himself took flesh, he took our sins on him, and died for us. They go further. In the fourth chapter, in the 157th verse, it says, They did not kill him, they did not crucify him, it only looked like it. the that that. Muslims believe that God sent a series of prophets, all the ones mentioned in the Bible. To each one, he gave a book. And so he would send a prophet and give him a book. That book taught Islam, they think. And then over time, people corrupted it, especially the Jews. And then he would have to send another prophet and another book. He sent Jesus, and he sent the book, the New Testament, which they call the Injil, to Jesus. But that got corrupted too. So finally God decided, enough of sending these sons of Isaac. I'm going to send a son of Ishmael, person from the Arab tribes named Muhammad. He'll be the final prophet, and he'll give us the incorruptible book, the Quran. That's what they believe. And they believe God would never allow one of his prophets to be crucified. So what they say is that God took Jesus and plucked him up to heaven before he was crucified, put another person in his place, changed his appearance to make him look like Jesus, and he was crucified in Jesus' place. doesn't sound very fair to me. But that's what they believe. In fact, that means that they believe God deceived Christians for six centuries until Muhammad came along. That's the Muslim belief. So they do not know the gospel. Furthermore, they believe our Bible is corrupted. They'll tell you, look at the Quran. There are no differences in any of the Qurans around the world. And then I'll ask you which version of the Bible do you believe? Which one do you read? Which one do you read? Which one do you read? okay one of these is the word of God? Good question. How do you answer that? Well, the truth is, the Bible says, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand through. And our God speaks more than one language, and he can communicate his word in any language on the face of the earth. And so they deny the basic tenets of our message. But guess what? It leaves them hungry for what we have. Because they believe that you, to get to heaven, you work your way to heaven. They believe that on the day of judgment, God will take your good deeds and your bad deeds and put them on scales. Bad deeds on one side, good deeds on the other. Whichever weighs more, will decide whether you go to heaven or hell. Now, you guys all look like wonderful people, so I think you'd be fine. But for me, it makes me nervous to think about a scale. How much do my deeds weigh? You know, How do I deal with the bad things? If I help someone across the street, does that offset the you of know, the what I did yesterday? This kind of thing. Muslims live in fear of going to hell. And I've had Muslims who come to Christ tell me, that's what keeps them up at night. Mm-hmm. They don't have the assurance that we have. Our message is, you can have assurance simply by trusting in Jesus. He already paid for our sin on the cross. And by the way, this morning, if you haven't decided to believe in Jesus, to believe that he died and that he rose again, to live for him, you can do it today. And then, after you do that, and you receive new life in Christ, and you receive the Holy Spirit, join us in winning others to believe in him also. So God's given us a strategy, God's given us a message. By the way, we take that message um, on the campuses of the universities down in Tampa. We've done an outreach at the University of South Florida, lots of Muslims there. We put up a sign that said, um, can a person know if they're going to heaven? We did it in English and Arabic over a table. We had literature and New Testaments and Gospels of John. And Muslims came to us all day long. We've done this every semester. And what what I would say to them is, what do you think our the on the board? And Muslims always say, well, the person can't know if they're going to heaven. They'd say, or inshallah, which means Lord willing. And uh, I would then say, how would you feel if God appeared to you today And told you, you, I love you, Ahmed, and I want you to know you're going to heaven. You're definitely going to heaven. When I asked them that question, their face would light up, and they said, Oh, that would be wonderful. And I showed them the Gospel of John, and I said, Listen, the author of this Gospel elsewhere in the Bible says, These things are written so that you may know that you have eternal life. And That means that this book explains that God loves you so much, He wants you to know where you're going to spend eternity. And I want to give it to you as a gift. And they would just light up and say, thank you so much, and take it. So there have been a lot of seeds planted on that canvas with that message. So God gives us the strategy, gives us the message but friends, He also gives us the power. Do you ever feel powerless? I do. You know, we're weak people. And in order to reach people with the gospel, we need some help. We need some help. And so did the disciples, the assembled people on whom the Spirit came. At the beginning of Acts, Jesus told them, he said, wait in Jerusalem until power comes upon them. And Acts 2 is describing to us that power that came upon them. You know, and... We can't do it by ourselves. We need God's help and He is here to help us. He is here to help us. Mm. We've experienced that in Tampa. We have a Bible study that meets at a church. We hold it after an English as a Second Language program. And at this church a lot of Muslims come to that ESL program. Afterwards we offer them a class for extra practice in English. And we, I use the Bible. You're, why are you laughing? Is it, is it sneaky? And I do it. I, I, I copy the pages of the Bible in English and in Arabic, and that's extra incentive. So they come. We have three to six Muslims come every time. And one day, I was leaving this Bible study. We were reading in Luke. And one of the regular attenders brought a friend who didn't know she was coming that day, but she walked in with her and sat down. And she was a little taken aback because our tradition in that class, we always greet everyone who comes in as if they're a homecoming hero. You know, it's just a big deal when a new person comes in. And she thought because she was covered that in a church they would treat her with suspicion. We didn't do that at all. She sat down and For some reason, I mentioned the fact that if you believe in Jesus, you will receive forgiveness of your sins. And she sat up at that, paid attention. She asked a question. She said, do you mean believe with your mouth or believe in your heart? And into my head popped Romans 10.9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead and you will be saved. So I told her both. Uh, you have to confess with your mouth you have to believe in your heart and she kind of sat back and afterwards she went to a staff member at that church, a gifted evangelist and she told him her story when she was young she had had a dream, she had been seeking peace and had not found it in the Muslim religion and she had this dream and in the dream a man appeared to her in white clothes <laughs> and it wasn't me or it's Ben <laughs> And, and when he appeared, these were shiny white clothes. And um, she felt peace in his presence. And he said to her, If you believe in me, you can have this peace forever. And she woke up. And she asked her parents about it. Her parents were suspicious of the being. They said, You're going to leave us long. Her father was a prominent, is a prominent shape back in her home country. He said, Don't talk about it. So she continued to go through life seeking who this might be. She was looking for God in all the wrong places, had quite the rough flight. Her travels take her to Tampa in the United States, and her, her footsteps walk into our Bible study by chance. She hears those words. If you believe in Jesus, you will receive forgiveness of sins, and she pays attention. She told the story to the staff member who said, I know who that person was. It was Jesus, and he explains the gospel. And she receives Christ right there in the room with her friend sitting next to her. And two weeks later, they they offered her baptism. They said, we can uh, give you a secret baptism. The reason they said that was because when Muslims come to Christ, the penalty is death. She said, no, I want a public baptism uh, because this is an act of obedience to Jesus. Um, So we baptized her at the beach. She brought a Muslim friend and witnessed to that Muslim friend all the way there and all the way down. So she's on fire for Christ. A little bit later, (coughs) Her father heard about her conversion, and called her and said, I'm disowning you. She was heartbroken because she really loves her parents. Muslims are often very close to their parents. They really value family. And then a a couple months after that, her nephew, who was in Tampa, had an accident and went into a coma. was in the hospital. And she asked the family, she said, may I pray for him in the name of Jesus? And they said, No. And she did it anyway. And she prayed for him in the name of Jesus, and she put a little cross in his hand. And as soon as she put the cross in his hand, he started to move and to recover. Three days later, he had regained full consciousness. The family was electric, wondering, what is this that pray in the name of Jesus? And they were asking about it. And one day, she got a call on her telephone. She realized, that's my father. She answered the call. Her father said to her, Please forgive me for disowning you. I want to know more about the prophet Jesus. Would you pray for me? Friends, the work isn't ours. I didn't do anything. I was just there leaving a Bible study. But God did the work. He called her. He brought her. He worked in her life. He used his message. And he saved her. And she's on fire. I'm going to take her around with me. We're going to go door to door and preach the gospel to Muslims. Coming up here shortly. So God has the power to do it. Please, would you please trust in him? When you see a Muslim, would you pray for them? When you have a Muslim move in down down the street, would you ask God to give you an opportunity to share with them the good news? I want to invite you also to pray for the Tampa Muslim Outreach. We need it. Um, it's, it's a difficult work and, uh, and we're seeing some exciting opportunities. One of the opportunities we have is we've gotten access to a database that has the religion of everybody in America, every household in America. Yeah. But the Christian group splits them. They know a lot more about us than we want um, to know about. But we're going to use it for good purposes. In the Tampa Bay area, our goal is to go to every door with a basket of fruit, every Muslim household with a basket of fruit, a New Testament, and a Jesus film. To tell them, Jesus loves you, and you can know that you're going to heaven by believing in him. And we're going to pray for each household for 30 days before we knock on the door. We're doing a sample group of 100 households. And so I have put in the back of the, on a table, as you leave the, uh, the uh, sanctuary, I put one of these cards. If you would like to pray for one of those 100 households that we're going to knock the, 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 on the door this summer, please fill this out and put a star on it. And we'll assign you to a household and we'll be in touch. And I believe that God is going to build his kingdom because our God is able. He's given us the strategy. He's brought them here. He's given us the message. Jesus, who is crucified and is risen, And he's given us the power, the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need. Let's go get the delta. Amen.